Season five. Testing. Season five. Testing. People like your grandpa and his store. They made this town feel special. I'm selling it. What a shame that would be. This holiday. I want to show you something. Wow. Keep your heart open to love. Leave in less than a week, and the last thing I need to do is fall in love. I can't think of a better time to fall in love than Christmas. Forever Christmas is staying open. I love you. Lexi Lawson finds love in Always and Forever Christmas. Premier Sunday, November 3rd at 8 on Lifetime. Can you believe it? We are back, or I am back. It is season five of the, I don't know, do you call it a spinoff? Do you call it a holiday special series that runs way longer than it should for my own sanity and the sanity of my husband? I don't know. It's Emily. It's the Feminine Critique. It is the special side Decembering thingy that we've been doing for the last five, five years. So five years ago, uh, I, how do I say it? I couldn't stop obsessing over how weird these Hallmark Lifetime Cozy Cardigan Christmas movies are and how incredibly tight and specific the formula has become. Uh, So what I started doing was these little mini episodes where I take one of these movies and I look at all of the beats and hits that hit the list of beats it is supposed to hit, plus those bonuses that make it even more generic or special or wacky, whatever you want to think. There's a lot of different adjectives that can be used is what it comes down to. But those of you who have been listening for the last couple of years know this is what happens in November, December. Those of you who maybe normally listen because like Christine's really smart and is really good at talking about movies and you're like, I just want to hear Christine talk about movies and Emily occasionally interrupt her. Uh, it, it's a different situation for the stocking stuffers. So Christine will likely join me for one or two if I can rope her into it. Although last year um, I made her watch one called The Spirit of Christmas, which was about a um, ghost and had three actors in it and they were all pretty terrible, but one of them had really pretty hair. Anyway, it was really kind of awful and she might not have forgiven me yet. So I don't know when I can get her back on, but she'll be here along with a whole lot of special guest stars. Uh, That's what, what I do here. I think I like to think of it as sort of like your holiday special, you know, the kind that you'd get where a knock at the door and there's a guest star and they're going to come in and just chat with me for a half hour about some movie that took probably less than a half hour to write. But we don't have that yet today. Um, For the premiere, the season five premiere, if you will, uh, it's just me and you're stuck with me talking about Lifetime's 2019 original film, Always and Forever Christmas. Now I have to be careful right away. Um, to not confuse you and make you think that we're talking about Forever Christmas. See, Forever Christmas was a movie from 2018. It's okay if you're confused, because IMDb was also confused. Yesterday, I typed in Always and Forever Christmas, and two titles came up, both of which had the same poster art and cast, and it was like there were two versions of Always and Forever Christmas, and one was just always and what the other one included was just forever uh if then i looked again today and now forever christmas has been corrected to its um 2018 synopsis that one is about a workaholic reality tv producer 
not to be confused with Always and Forever Christmas, which is about a workaholic marketing executive. So, you know, it's understandable if you'd get them confused, but very different movies, I assume. Now, again, for those of you new to the podcast or to this aspect of the podcast, and again, just wait it out a few weeks, come end of December, Christine will be back and we'll be doing normal movie stuff. But in the meantime, uh, the way we go about this is I tell you a little bit about the movie, in this case, Always and Forever, not just Forever Christmas. Uh, then I'm going to break down whether it hits the sort of 10 requirements of the genre. Uh, or genre, as Alex Trebek would say. Uh, and then we go into the bonus rounds. And, you know, every every year these have evolved a little bit. Some tropes go in, some tropes come out. A lot of the bonuses come in and out. Um, some tropes are moved to bonus round and vice versa. So this year the, the 10 tropes are actually the same as the past year, but the bonuses have changed a little bit. So very quickly to run through the 10 that you're going to look for. And these are things you're going to find in every single one of these movies. Uh, it is rare that a movie is going to have less than 8 out of 10. Most of them will have 10 and multiples of them sometimes. What those are. Uh, our lead is usually a, a attractive woman in need of a lesson. Usually a workaholic. We'll get to that. Uh, our setting has to be either the Big Bad City, Charming Small Town, or a Magical Winter Wonderland. Uh, our love interest has to be a blandly handsome, typically white man often a um, guy who's really good with his hands and does a lot of manual labor and is sometimes a widowed dad. Uh, somewhere we need to talk about dead parents. Somewhere we need a montage. Uh, a sassy sidekick who also is typically the only person of color in the movie. And sage old person. And then lastly, Santa Claus. These things in some form or, or another are usually going to appear. And today's movie, which I picked kind of randomly. Now I try, and I try this every year, I try to really mix up and do a few Hallmark, a few Lifetime, a few Up or Ion or whatever those like non-channel channels are. Uh, I always will look out for something made by Mar Vista Entertainment, which is like the Asylum version of Lifetime, and I love it. In this case, this is a Lifetime movie, and something that tends to define you know, if you're looking at the big three, I guess, if you're looking at Hallmark, we know it is a very, very particular structure, and most of the movies all look and feel the same. Lifetime in the past has kind of gone the slightly more adult route, a little more risque, like you could sort of make a joke about sex a little more in Lifetime, but not so much, but a little more. Uh, then there is Freeform, which is sort of like the secret champion of the genre like they actually put out occasionally good movies but then they also pull back and don't really make as many uh and then the you know if you're if we're lucky up gives us something really christian and terrible ion gives us um maybe a david dakota movie if we're lucky we'll see we'll see how the year shakes out i don't want us to get too excited and too ahead of ourselves it's only episode one calm down everybody calm down but Always and Forever Christmas. Uh, a few things to note about this movie. It is directed by a woman. Now, this is something that's very true of Lifetime and Hallmark. These are channels that have a wildly higher percentage of females working behind the, count the counter, behind the camera, than almost any other network. So as much as <laughs> I don't know that these ever really fall into any kind of feminist sphere of filmmaking, it seems like the networks do make a concentrated effort to hire women, which is great. Is the movie great? 
No, it's not. But still, uh, this is directed by Siobhan Devine. Uh, not many other directing credits, but I mean, hopefully she'll get better, is all I'll say regarding her directing style of Always and Forever Christmas. The other thing of note to know right away about this movie that makes it stand out a little bit in the sea of very Caucasian faces that tends to populate these movies, this movie does star an actress of color. So Lexi Lawson is black or I think biracial. In the movie, she's biracial. They actually, her parents are, one is black, one is white. You have to understand people. This is a big thing for these kinds of movies. It has taken years for them to get to a level of doing this. Uh, All of these, Hallmark in particular, has a very presumed red state audience, if you will. The fact that Candace Cameron Bure and Lacey Chabert are kind of like the ambassadors of the channel tells you a little bit something. Lifetime probably feels like they can take a few more risks, quote unquote. How is it a risk to have a very attractive woman in your movie just because she happens to be of color? Believe it or not, for these movies, that is a risk. So credit to this movie for that. I'm going to give it points where I can because... Oh, this, um, where does this fall? This falls in the kind of, kind of painful category. It's it's very laughably hitting all of the tropes, which is a good thing for me. And especially as a starting point for the season, it just makes a very easy podcast, I'll tell you. So very quick, quickly the story, and then we'll go into the breakdown. Uh, Lexi Lawson plays Lucy. Lucy is a hard-working marketing executive who lives in L.A. Her grandfather has died and left her his Christmas store in the small town of Stowe, Vermont, where it is very warm. Now, for some reason, he skipped over her parents, even though they live in Stowe, and did not leave the store to them. Instead, he left it to her, his only grandchild, I guess. I guess he just really didn't trust her interracial parents. Maybe it was something like that. I don't know. I'm, I'm not assuming, but... You know, it's very possible. So she flies back home in order to sell the store, in order to close a deal. Because, I mean, her life is in L.A. She's a working woman. She can't move back to Vermont for this. So she has it set up where a athleisure store is going to buy the storefront. And she gets a nice check, and that's that. She comes back to Stowe in order to close the deal while there, you know, I don't know, happens to flirt with a handsome diner owner right across the street who has no other love interests, apparently, uh, falls in love with the spirit of Christmas, and spoiler alert, I I do spoil these movies, which most of the time is not that hard to do, because you can pretty much figure out everything from the first two minutes of the movie, but um, spoiler alert, she does not sell the store, she decides to keep it, but there is a crazy twist to this movie, and I am shocked and I'm and it gives this movie a, a very big bonus point here see Lucy sells the store um through the magic of Christmas unsells the store because the guy that buys it she she has this like magical ability to find the thing that the person could you know this is actually a needful things adaptation now that I'm saying this so this Christmas store it's not just ornaments it's also like toys and occasionally puppies uh because when the man corporate owner of the athletic store uh comes back and she's like no i made a mistake i shouldn't have sold the store uh and he's like well you already did what can i do and she's like wait a minute i know what you always wanted and she pulls a puppy out from 
like a shelf and he's like yes i did always want this puppy and then the people of the town are like lucy we love you we love your store and he's like you know with this puppy and with this town loving you i'm not gonna sell it you're right you keep the store typical christmas movie right i mean that's what happens we've all had a christmas like that am i right but here's the thing the movie gives us an epilogue which is not common for these movies because i think the screen printing or whatever you'd call it to have the caption of one year later is a little bit out of budget for a lot of these movies but it gives us a one year later and you're thinking like oh lucy like gave up her big marketing career and decided to stay home in vermont right no no guys no it in one year later lucy walks back into her store and with her her boyfriend of course we'll talk about in a moment uh and there's the the guy that works in the store for her named randall and he says hey how's la and she's like well it's great and her boyfriend's like yeah it's really hot but hey we're back for christmas did you get that do you understand what that means that means that yes lucy decided not to sell the store but it also means she kept her job in la like she went back home brought the dude with her instead of just giving everything up and staying here to be the wife of a diner owner and comes back at christmas time i didn't know it was possible to do that i thought when you go to a small town and you're charmed by it you've you've committed you've signed a social contract to stay there forever and become a citizen of that town but no she comes back she goes home it's crazy so little steps minor minor little steps that i think we all need to take a moment and appreciate all right so now let's jump into the meat of these which is going into the 10 tropes and as we said number one is about the lead who always has to be a very particular woman she is either a princess a very sweet natured lady who wants to teach somebody the meaning christmas or most commonly a hard-working ambitious career woman who needs to learn the true meaning of christmas and that's what we get here uh lucy at the the opening scene of this movie tries so very hard to make sure we understand that lucy you know is a working ambitious woman uh we get like a timestamp showing how she gets at the same time every day and goes through her morning activities which apparently is weird like i do that i my, my alarm goes off at the same time i kind of have a schedule of my breakfast and if i'm a little a minute or three late i know i have to adjust my day a little bit this is normal this is what people with schedules do but the movie treats that as if it's you know something that we should be judging anyway uh some of her first so her first real interaction is with her boss who sits her down and tells her she's absolutely amazing at her job she's working so hard uh we then get lucy giving that token statement that every woman in this movie has to say which is there has to be some line early on where the female lead blatantly just says i work really hard and i'm too busy for christmas the line in this case is i have huge clients and work 70 hours a week i can handle a christmas store because to her a christmas store is nothing so she comes home of course and then has to put herself in this case now i do want to talk about the actress lexi lawson as i said very interesting and refreshing to have somebody who is not a white woman as your lead if only she was an interesting actress like many of these women she's very pretty and by these women i mean the women that are in these movies very pretty nice to look at pleasant face cute smile she's uh how do i say it struggling 
she does not have that natural like I I can make this sound like I'm a real human being living in this lifetime veneer of a world it's it you heard it a little bit in the trailer it's it's pretty awkward i found um now amazon reviewers and imdb reviewers disagree with me and think she's just the bee's knees but i'm uh hopeful that she'll keep trying i guess uh one other thing to note is that this actress did appear in a movie covered last year with christine which was the ghosts of christmas past which was terrible um she had a tiny part in that i don't remember her but anyway not her fault i'm not blaming her for that movie i will blame her a little bit for this one uh number two our setting in this case it is obviously a charming small town the charming small town of stowe vermont hey did you know that vermont is like really pleasant around the holidays i mean i would guess that right you think of it you think of christmas um it cgi snows and i mean that as literal as i can it cgi snows and yet you can just walk around town with a light spring coat unbuttoned the entire time it is amazing how warm the weather of this vermont is uh, number and it is a small town we have a mayor we have plenty of activities including a living manger which is just kind of creepy but anyway number three is our bland love interest in this case it is scott uh the handsome man who owns the diner right next door to forever christmas and scott i mean the actor's fine um i'm sure he's been in other movies he has the right face for it he's actually very handsome and a little more interesting looking than a lot of these dudes uh, a lot of them i really they all blend together for me this guy has like very dark hair and kind of blue eyes so he's a little more memorable face and the character is for the most part fine he's not too aggressive passive aggressive is actually what the the men are usually in danger of being in these movies uh i don't know he owns a diner apparently there are it's, here's the thing that's always creepy about these and and i've said it before but it really is true every one of these movies i want the other lifetime movie which is this handsome man who owns a diner and everybody in town loves him and wonders how he can still be single after all these years probably because he prefers to keep women in his basement and murder them and have sex with their bodies it's always what it feels like because how is a dude this good looking and pleasant still single after all this time because he actually wants to murder women that's the whole thing but in this case i don't know he's fine number four is our montage and we do get one we get scored to of course joy to the world which is a um public domain song so of course we will have it playing here uh and in this case it is a um christmas perfect christmas spirit montage it's lucy working in the store helping people find gifts celebrating with all like the town stuff that happens and this is also a great montage because it involves a lot of coffee drinking and people not holding knowing how to hold coffee cups number five dead parents or dead wife uh we do not we do have bonus points for an interracial parents of lucy uh in this case we do have a dead grandpa which i think you know kind of a half point for that number six the sassy sidekick uh comes in many forms but often as we said the one character who is not caucasian and even though this is a movie where our lead is not caucasian you still wonder like oh so what's the sassy sidekick going to be asian i mean it's probably what you were thinking anyway but yes asian and this is a double point 
because the sidekick is Randall, who is sort of the guy who's in charge of running the store when Lucy's not there. And Randall is a young, pleasant guy, and not much to know about him. He seems nice enough, except that he has a crush on a woman, and he's like a little shy and doesn't know how to act on it. And what do you know? What 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 does his, his crush have in common with him? Well, obviously, also that she has a crush on him and doesn't know how to act on it, because that happens in these movies. But something even better. She's Asian, too. Now, this is a movie that already has one interracial romance, or actually two interracial romances. And you could see them in the people in Lifetime, like, oh, you know, this is great. We're really going to show those Hallmark, you know, those conservative Hallmark people how to, how to do it, how it's done. We're going to make sure our cast is, you know... We're going to really throw different faces in and, and make sure we're not the same cookie cutter movie. So yeah, let, let's let's throw an Asian person in here. Oh, let's have him have a romance. Oh, because we have to cast an Asian actress, right? So it's very, it's like one step forward, that same step, just stand there kind of thing. Um, where you, you know, hey, credit. Yes, we need more representation of every nationality on these movies. But it just does feel a little bit of a... Yeah, you know, just that that sigh, if you will. Um, and even now, this couple does get together, and again, the actors are cute, they're charming, it's fine. But there is something very noticeable about the fact that you've just paired off the two Asians in this town of obviously very few other people of color, and even to the point where our lead gets to actually kiss her love interest at the end of the movie with like a longer kiss than you get in a Hallmark movie, by the way. Meanwhile, our sidekicks get a pleasant peck on the cheek uh, in the same case. So again, you just, you, you feel it. You know what I'm saying, right? You know what I'm saying. Uh, number seven is our evil woman at work boss. In this case, we do have kind of an evil corporate representative. In fairness, the movie gives Lucy a very pleasant boss at the, at the beginning of the movie. She's not like, she basically says, hey, go Christmas, go have fun, relax. So, you know, it's nice that we didn't just make corporate women evil. Uh, and even the corporate dude in this case is really like, he's fine. He's, he owns a, you know, I guess it's supposed to be like Athletica or whatever that company is. Um, and sure, he wants to buy the store and is kind of like, even says, hey, don't make me the bad guy. Like, I'm just doing my job. But then don't worry, there's a puppy. It's all good. So he's fine. Number nine is our sage old person. And in this case, we kind of too. So I would count grandpa who's kind of ghost grandpa because we get a lot of flashbacks and that leads us into the real mvp of this movie and it's a, always a good thing when number nine and number 10 kind of merge together and again listeners of the show know that number nine is sage old person number 10 is santa claus and in most in the universe of cozy cardigan christmas santa claus is real we know this obviously duh uh Often he just takes time out of his schedule to like fly down to this to a small town and help some single career woman reevaluate her life. Now in this case, our sage our second sage old person is a female. Her name is Carol. And Carol tells Lucy that she has been hired as sort of temporary holiday help for the store. Um and, you know, the whole movie, Lucy's like, well, Carol, don't you have to get home to your family? And Carol's like, oh, no. Uh, you know, I, I, my husband is very busy this time of year. What, what does your husband do, Carol? Imports and exports. Okay, so obviously you figured it out. And if you haven't, spoiler alert, Carol is obviously Mrs. Claus. 
Now, Mrs. Claus, it turns out, can take time out of her schedule to just stop in a town randomly and, again, help a career woman reevaluate her priorities. But here's the thing that really got me, and Carol throughout the movie is magical. Like, she can just whip cookies up with a snap of her finger. She whips puppies up with a snap of her finger. Um, She is constantly, you know, she can kind of walk by and there's a sprinkle sound effect that... Let me actually play this, because this is going to go into our bonuses, by the way, because it's used so much in this movie that I think it's become something that we need to talk about. So I'm going to do it right here. Yeah, so if you made a drinking game of drinking every time that sprinkle glitter sound effect, uh, iTunes, or not iTunes, YouTube, the converted to iTunes, calls that the glitter and fairy dust sound effect. I'm going to call it the Mrs. Claus jingle, Mrs. Claus shimmy. I don't know what you want to call it, but it happens a lot. And every time it happens, Carol does something magical. And at the very end of the movie, uh, Lucy... I keep wanting to call Lucy Holly because in nine out of ten movies, that character's name is Holly. So if I call her Holly, just go with it, people. It's going to be a long season, trust me. Anyway, um, yeah, so Carol is Mrs. Claus. She does magic things. Her husband is in Imports and Exports. And I paused it. I looked at my husband and said, okay, Imports and because we're laughing. I'm like, ha, 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 Imports and Exports. And then I'm like, wait, what is he importing? Right? Santa Claus is exporting, obviously, but what is Santa Claus importing? And my husband, in a very wonderfully deadpan way, just looked at me and said, labor. So yeah, because we do know Santa trades and slaves, essentially. Anyway, so I mean, that's your, your 10. And you really get 10 out of 10. You can argue that, okay, well, maybe we don't have dead parents. We have dead grandpa, so that's a half a point. So that's nine and a half. But then we have an extra sassy sidekick of color, so that's 10. So I'm going to say it's a 10 and a half points out of 10. Now we go into the bonus rounds, which is always more fun. Um, and again, these are got, got a couple of new ones this year. So let's start with the classics. Public Domain Holiday Song. I need to make a list, and instead of saying public domain holiday song, just say, did it hit, how many of the, like, seven did it hit? In this case, we get Joy to the World, 12 Days of Christmas, um, Jingle Bells, Oh Holy Night, and the Oh Holy Night that you've heard in every one of these movies, uh, Deck the Halls, and Silent Night. So that is six. Six public domain holiday songs as you do because why spend money on music when you don't have to uh next product placement which you don't find so much here and there in hallmark but i couldn't see anything here Uh, a cloying child yes yes we get two of them one are the flashbacks of lucy as a little girl and i mean she's okay but not the kids actor anyway but then the other one is like a little girl customer that comes into the store and is kind of awful and again i please understand if i insult a child actor i'm really insulting the director and everybody that allowed that performance to be what it is i don't want to make fun of a kid i'm making fun of the adults for not getting what they needed out of the kid so there uh canadianisms another bonus round uh you get some accents here you definitely get some canadian actors doing their best to not sound so canadian you can argue that it's vermont so i'm sure there are a lot of canadian imports if you will uh a character with a christmas themed name obviously we have carol carol claus that's one uh christmas tree lighting often especially in these movies whenever it's a small town does that happen yes it does 
and then it's not even just the Christmas tree. It's like this town celebrates the 12 days of Christmas with a thing every day. So we get a lot of things around the Christmas tree. Karaoke, we do not have, but we do have caroling. So that kind of counts. Um, and then I have three new ones for this year, for 2019. Season five, new stocking stuffer editions. One is, is there a scene where actors have to hold a um, paper cup of coffee and have no idea how to simulate the fact that there is coffee in that cup? Uh, yes, we do. Um, at one point, I think um, Lexi Lawson holds her coffee cup with like her pinky. like She's twirling it on her finger kind of thing. Uh, the next one... Um, is another new one that I've noticed in these movies a lot. Hey, you gotta film what you gotta film. I understand you're usually filming these in like July, so your climate isn't quite what you want for a holiday movie, which means you often end up with a scene where a character says, well, it's really late. I'm gonna go to bed. And you look out the window and it's definitely about 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Yes, we do get that in Forever, Always and Forever Christmas. And then the last one I mentioned earlier is that sprinkle sound effect. There are so many, so many in this movie. And I'm going to listen for it now in other movies because I think you're going to hear it as much as you're going to hear A Holy Night, that same recording every time. Um, one other thing I really want to point out about this movie that is fascinating. So you have the sprinkle sound effect. It's really the reason to watch this movie. You have kind of a good surprise ending where the movie allows its female lead to maintain some semblance of her career. And you have something going on in this movie that's actually kind of impressive. And I am sure it was deliberate. And I kind of want to shake somebody's hand for it. In the beginning, I started noticing, you know, for a woman who hates Christmas, she's wearing red and green, like in her daily life, like in three different scenes. And then the next scene is, um, you know, Lexi talking to her parents on the phone and they're her parents and one is wearing a green cardigan and one is wearing a red cardigan. And you're like, okay, well, they own a Christmas store. Perhaps they color coordinate every day. And then Lexi comes to visit and she's wearing a red coat and there's Carol wearing green. And then Lexi goes into the diner and what do you know? Scott, the diner owner, is wearing green and she's wearing red. And then at one point, it's only Lexi in a scene and guess what she's wearing? Red. And guys... I don't know if you figured it out by now. Every single frame of this movie, you have red and green represented in terms of fashion. There is a, you know, you'll see this kind of go by on Facebook. I think there's a letterboxed um, film list called Hallmark Christmas Movies where the covers feature white people wearing red and green. It has never been more true than in Always and Forever Christmas. This is a movie like almost based on the premise of the cover of those movies being about attractive people color matched or color coordinated, if you will. And if you, you know, there's really no reason to watch this movie. But if you do, do it for two reasons or three reasons. One to say, oh, hey, they ended it in kind of a not terrible way. Um, Another to maybe... Uh, you know, again, make a drinking game out of the sprinkle sound effect. But lastly, is just really, really pay attention to how how much care, whether it was the costume person, credit to them, or whether it was the director, credit to her, I don't know. But every single frame of the movie. And 
you might think, oh, Emily, you're overthinking it. And it's scary if I am, because this is the first one of the year, and I'm going to do another 11 of these probably. But I'm telling you, it's there. It's really there. Uh, the last thing I always like to leave everybody with is my favorite of the Amazon or IMDb reviews for this movie. You know, there aren't that many. Uh, because it is a brand new film, I believe its average star rating is pretty un, pretty ridiculously high. Let me see if I can find that. Okay, now there are only a few reviews on here, but um, this movie does have a 6.3 rating on IMDb. Uh, for comparison's sake, just kind of picked like a random movie, um, Bridesmaids has a 6.8. So according to IMDb, Always and Forever Christmas is just 0.5% lower in terms of quality than Bridesmaids. Anyway, my favorite of the Amazon reviews comes, or IMDb reviews, comes from Mr. Hone. And he writes, or the title of his review is Lexi! Exclamation point times five. The writing for this movie was really nice, but I honestly think Lexi brought a lot out, a lot of magic out in this one. Her smile, her voice, her she deserves more of these. She's a fresh fresh face. I was pleased to see her. I also love how her acting wasn't, quote unquote, over the top. It looked so natural, I forgot she was acting! Exclamation point. Also, whoever did the lighting and makeup for this flick was awesome too. Hats off to Scott. The character's name is Scott, unless it's like that's who did the lighting. I don't know. I didn't look at all the credits. Anyway, um, Mr. Hone res- resumes. I think I'll watch this one every holiday season. Lexi did an awesome job. So Lexi Lawson, watch out, because I think you might have a stalker. Uh, Or maybe just really respects the lighting of this movie. That is Always and Forever Christmas. It's airing on Lifetime this year. Uh, I think you can also rent it on Prime. You should not spend money on it. Please don't spend money on it. Please. Don't you dare tell anybody that I said to spend money on this movie. Should you spend time on it? Probably not. Uh, Again, not, I'm glad I started with this one for the year because it really is a good kind of representation of what these movies are. Um, I think the fact that it's 2019, made on Lifetime, am I reading too much into kind of seeing that they've done a few little things to make small steps forward, right? You have an actress of color in your lead. Uh, You have more diversity and again Netflix has been good on the diversity front but this is lifetime and they haven't been and so or they'll do the thing where it's like oh this is the black Christmas movie where all the characters are black and it's almost like this kind of like I hate to say it but this sort of separate but equal way of doing it and this does feel like an attempt if nothing else to say no 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 here's a regular standard Cozy Cardigan Christmas where we're just making sure we have people of color in it so that's good uh, again, an ending that didn't offend me. That's good. Lots of red and green. That's whatever you want it to be. And I, I, I look, it's early, folks. This is one of many. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I hope this gives you like a good starting point. You understand what the game is this year. Join me on this journey, if you will, or just sit back and say, no, I'm going to let my husband do his imports and exports for this season and I'll come back to Emily and Christine in the new year. That's fine too. We'll be here for you. Happy holidays.
Behind the old man's sleigh, same time. 